I want you to remain standing for just a moment. I am uh, really pumped and excited to have my mentor coming back to speak again today, uh, Bob Green. Will you welcome Bob this morning? Come on, Bob. Come talk to us this morning. So grateful to have you, my friend. Thank you, Brad. I tell you, Brad's a man of faith. When you ask a refired pastor, to, I mean a retired pastor, to come preach, you're in trouble waters, baby. You can be seated unless you want to stand throughout the sermon. It's up to you. It's exciting to be here. I just praise the Lord. July was a wonderful experience for us. And my wife would be here with me today, but our grandson's in from college, and she's worshiping with my grandson. So I tell you, you know, it's hard to get away from that family love and et cetera. We're thrilled to be here. I'm thrilled. I say we. Now, you need to pray because it needs to be me and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So I prayed and prayed, Lord, what do I share with these folks? Last time I was here, we did an exegetical study of about six verses. But today, God's laid on my heart to do more of a topical sermon because I want you to really think about what we're gonna, I'm going to be sharing with you today because out of my multiple years of being a pastor, I know this is one of the areas that when people get a hold of, they can really see a difference in their life. And we're going to come to participate in the Lord's Supper at the end, and that, that's a part of what I'm saying today, because this is a great time to have an attitude of gratitude. Amen? I mean, I love this season. Uh, we have 13 trees planted in our backyard. No, in our whole yard. And you know why we did that? Because they're so pretty in the fall. And being from West Texas, we had never seen anything like that, folks. I mean, I didn't know leaves change colors. But we serve a God of creation. He's a mighty God that can do all kinds of things. So I praise the Lord for this time of season. You know, in the Bible it says in Philippians 2, 5, have, now listen, are you listening? Okay, listen up. Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus. Philippians 2, 5. Oh, wait a minute. I'm to have the attitude of Jesus in me? Jesus was perfect. I'm not perfect. Well, he doesn't say you have to have a perfect attitude. He says you have to have the attitude of Jesus, who was perfect, but you want to have Jesus' attitude. When I got a hold of this scripture, began to really get a hold of my heart, it's like, okay, I don't have an excuse because this is not a request that has come from God. This is a command of the Lord Jesus. As he inspired the revelation, he said to us, make certain that you understand something. You, Bob Green, you have the attitude of Jesus in your life. Well, why in the world would I do that? Well, listen to the teachings of the Word again. Paul said this, We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. 2 Corinthians 4, 8 through 10. Wow, folks, that the resurrected body can be evidenced in my life and in your life. And so Christ, Christ is trying to help us understand there's some truths that he wants us to get a hold of today. The first truth I'd have you to get a hold of is that an attitude of gratitude creates contentment. Do you realize there are a lot of people that are not content with where they are in life? There's a lot of unhappiness, depression. I listened this morning to a brief 
news thing that was talking about how much depression is taking America and what they're trying to do to counteract that because medication is not causing it to be taken care of. And so again in Philippians 4, listen to this, 4, 11 through 13. I know what is to be in need. This is Paul writing now. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in in every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do everything through him, Jesus Christ, who gives me strength. Now, you take seriously the Word of God. You know, we as fundamentalists say, uh, man, we believe the Word of God. Well, if Paul's being taught by the Holy Spirit that we are to have received this, then that's for us today. And I can do all things through Jesus. Say that with me. I can do all things through Jesus. Praise the Lord. If anything is according to his will, he's going to give you the power to do that, folks. You know, sometimes we have a disease in our land called affluency. You know, it's one of those things where I just got to have more. You remember when the day it was wonderful to have a home that had three little bedrooms that were about uh, four square feet each, you know, and you had a kitchen that you could uh, throw the rag, the washcloth across it easily. Do you ever remember drying the dishes pre-dishwashers? Uh-oh, you're listening to an old preacher, Amen. You know, I mean, some of you can't even go back and even fathom that kind of thing. So, but what I want you to understand, there's a disease, and people just got to have more, got to have more. I'm not content. I'm just not content. The Bible says that if we let an attitude of gratitude be in our life, there can be contentment. Years ago, we had a great pastor from Romania come, Daniel Kokar. He is from Timisoara, Romania, and... Uh, we are people today that heard message after message from him that God spoke to our hearts so deeply. But I remember when we were at the airport, we said, Daniel, Mariana, we're praying for you. And Daniel turned to me and said this the first time they came over. He said, Bob, we're praying for you. We're praying for America because you have so much. Nobody had ever prayed that before for me. But he said, you know, they were pastor in Australia for years with Romanian people. And he said, even in Romania, I mean, even in Australia, it's not like it is in America. So you go in America, they go to Walmart and they think, I just came to get green beans. Now I gotta decide if it's gonna be shuck, shell, cut, French. He said, You got so many varieties of things. How do you ever decide what you're gonna have? We're so affluent. Are you gonna have that commitment? contentment that only comes from the Lord Jesus Christ. I think Paul can speak to us because he had a lot of problems in his life. Amen? I mean, when he became a believer in Christ, that didn't all of a sudden make things rosy for him, made things very difficult for him, because he experienced the persecutions, the beatings, all kinds of things that were in his life, and yet he's the one that is saying to us, in all situations, I have learned that in Christ, I can learn to be content. Are you content with where you are today? You say, oh, no, no, no. I'd be content when or if, think about it, Paul's situation and his happiness was not based on situations. Are you a happy believer? Isn't it great to meet a believer that invites you to church and um, you're so excited to get acquainted with him and he says, you know, isn't this world terrible? You know, 
One of these days, I'm going to be happy. When you meet a happy Christian, you know why? Because Jesus is alive in their life. We need a lot of happy Christians, people that are focused on the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm thankful for Thanksgiving. I'm thankful for this time. Two weeks ago, I preached at New Life, and I gave them a little old bitty wire, bind, wire binder and put thanks on the front. I challenge you to do something like I did them. Get your little notebook. Start putting every day's at the on the top. Every day you write down what you're thankful for. Do you realize a lot of people never stop and think, I'm grateful for this. I'm grateful for that. It's a great time to reflect on those truths and what it means to us. Let's be thankful for who God is and what God wants to do through me. I've learned to pray this, folks. Listen, Lord, doesn't matter what situation you're in. Whether you're in the abuse situation, it doesn't matter whether you're in difficulties, it doesn't matter whether you're on the mountaintop, pray this every day. Lord, make me sensitive that I might learn what you want to teach me as I go through this. Do you realize that some of the most difficult times I've ever gone through personally are times I was learning so greatly from the Lord? Because nothing, listen, nothing will humble you. I mentioned this when I was here in July. Nothing will humble you like brokenness. So when you're going through things, just pray, God, teach me. I want to be that person learning from you during this particular time. You remember the wonderful story of Jesus that he gives us over in Matthew, and I'll just sort of summarize it. You know, when he hired people to work for denarius, the common wage of a day's work, but toward the end of that day, one just worked an hour, and he got the same pay as the people who worked all day, and those people resented it. Remember what Jesus said? Do you resent me being generous? Yeah, they resented that Jesus was so generous to other people. In Matthew, he describes that for us in a very specific way. People are filled with resentment because I don't have what others have. I'm filled with resentment because I'm not working where I want to work. I don't get paid what I want to be paid, etc. How are we going to be content with those kinds of things? I remember when we came to Tulsa, I was in clinical training at Hillcrest for a year and a half, and, um, you know, we were making, I think, 50, we were making $400 a month, $400 a month, and they gave us a room there, and, uh, you know, God was blessing us, had a brand new daughter. You know, I didn't know formula costs money. I thought mamas took care of that, but they don't always. You know, and I kept thinking, Lord, thank you for what you're going to do. And Lord blessed us for that year and a half mightily. During that time, I was assigned a woman to counsel. She came in, and her first statement to me was, Chaplain, I want you to help me help my husband make more money. I didn't know how to make money, period, lady. You know, the hospital has and their employment. I'd never, you know, that kind of thing. And as I counseled her for a period of months there, what I discovered is she wanted more. Her husband owned a manufacturing company in Sand Springs. He only made $150,000 a year back in, way back. And I'm sitting there listening to her and thinking, lady, what's wrong with you? The lack of contentment, it drives many people bananas when God said you ought to be enjoying the fruit of the Spirit, and here you are being driven. 
I'm telling you, folks, we need to listen to the word of the Lord as he comes to share with us that it's important for us not to compare our lives with other people. We're to rejoice when God calls people into ministry. Rejoice when God's doing various things in their life. Don't let comparisons defeat you. If I only, if I only, the director of the National Hemlock Society published a book. I'm not telling you his name or the book of name, but it was a book of how to commit suicide. It had lots of ways that you could commit suicide. And it was on the number one bestsellers list, New York Times. Oh, my goodness. And today, they're saying suicides are happening rapidly. People are unhappy, depressed. They're not able to find that contentment that we have. Listen to me carefully now. Ingratitude. That's why I'd love you, challenge you to write. Start writing down every day. I'm thankful, Lord, for. Write it down. Ingratitude will poison your heart. Ingratitude will put you in a position you think, what in the world am I doing here? It can't happen. So many people have the fact, I just can't deny myself. I've got to have this. I've got to have that. I went to college, and uh, the last semester I was there in college, or next to last, I was put with a roommate I didn't know. And he asked me, what kind of shirts I wear? <laughs> well, short sleeve, long sleeve. He didn't mean that. He meant eyes odd. I can't even remember any others. I'd never seen a brand name in my life. What kind of shoes do you have? Black. <laughs> I'd never seen a guy like that. Everything he had was by some label. And he and I had a journey to connect during that time. And I'm grateful that we connected as different individuals. He later became a missionary in Mexico. He was a business major, had a great mind for business, became the director of Southern Baptist Missions in Mexico for many years, came back and worked for the Baptist Foundation. And next Saturday, I'm going to sit in his suite at Baylor University when Baylor's defeated by you-know-who. Anyway, uh, so, you know... But I, I couldn't get over that. I didn't know you bought things by labels. But you know, if it's not the right label for some folks, they don't want that because it's a reflection on them. If you deny yourself this relationship, have this attitude in you that's in Christ Jesus, you're going to miss everything. So it's important for us to understand what God's doing and what he wants for us. That second principle that uh, I skipped over one or two things, let me... Backtrack. One of the things that uh, the Bible says is, sorry guys, in the booth, that's the way it goes with me. You know, when I retired after 40 years at Air Heights, you know what? They finished volume 12 of Bob's Blunders. But anyway, you know, uh, just the way life is. If you cannot be happy now, you will not be happy then. Happiness is not a matter of what you have or what situation you're in. It's a matter of who you are, or should I say, whose you are. Are you Jesus? Listen to me, young people, young adults. Satan will do everything he can to get your mind all mixed up. That's why the Bible says, 
be transformed. Christian, by renewing your mind. Do not assume that your thought patterns are all of God. Satan will do everything he can to get you thinking the wrong direction, the wrong ways in your life. So it's important for us to understand that God's got a better plan for each of us. 1 Timothy 6.6 says, Godliness with contentment is great gain. Godliness with contentment is great gain. I'll be happy when, if. In the English language, if is a conditional preposition. I took English, amen? Conditional preposition. If I only had this, I'll be happy. If, if, if. Folks, listen to me. I'm telling you today, if you're not content with where you are, you're going to miss what God wants in your life because it's important for us to understand that. What makes people content? Ecclesiastes, whoever loves money never has enough money. Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with his income. You know what they call the book of Ecclesiastes? Wisdom literature. Wisdom literature. It's important. Contentment comes when you understand this world is not going to bring what you're looking for. You can't be satisfied. I know a lady, no matter what she gets, she's got to have something else. She'll have new furniture every other year. I'm saying to you, contentment is important for each one of us. The relationship we have with Jesus, with God, is what will bring that into your life. Psalmist puts it this way. I will see your face when I awake. I will be satisfied with seeing your likeness, Psalm 17. You have made known to me the path of life. You will fill me with your joy in your presence, your eternal pleasures at your right hand, Psalm 16. Listen to what Jesus promises. Blessed are you who hunger now, for you will be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh, Luke 6, 21. Folks, I'm here to tell you, this world's not it. You live in an, un, an unfair world, unjust world. If you don't believe it, go to the hospital. Stay in the hospital night and day. You know what you're going to see? You're going to see heartache and tragedy. You can't even believe happens. You're going to see five-year-old children die. You're going to see people in car wrecks. It's not fair. You're going to see crime, evil, rampant. This is not our home. Could I have an amen? You understand that? So why are you living as if this is your eternal home? Sometimes we make more investments in things that are on this earth only rather than the eternal investments that can make people have the opportunity of knowing Jesus. I'm glad you're a mission-minded church. I'm glad you're a serving church. I'm glad your people are focused not inward but outward. It can make all the difference in the world, folks. Listen to me. I'll never remember the joy I had that just swelled up with me because I went to Ethiopia and... The team had gone the year before when I wasn't with them, and this one older lady said, come, come, come see my kitchen, my new kitchen. Kitchen? Hmm. I hadn't seen many of those over here. And she took me out behind her mud hut, and there was her new kitchen. She still had the same coal fire and wood fire, but the team that year before had put a new cover over her outdoor kitchen. So when it rained, it didn't put her fire out. Oh, my. So she showed me her little knick-knack sandwiches. So, and it was about four levels high. It was all sticks and mud. The house had been redone. Sticks and mud. 
And I think I told you this last time I was here, I just can't sing like you sing without getting a little movement. Amen? You know? In Ethiopia, they stand and they do their hands like this, and they sway. And for me, I love that. My hands are open. Lord, show me. Show me. So the second thing I would say to you, as it says it in Hebrews, keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have, because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. Hebrews 13.5. Cast all your anxieties on the Lord because He cares for you, 1 Peter 5.7. So the second truth is to understand an attitude of gratitude generates joy. Would you like to have joy in your life? Amen? Joy. Well, God says you can. John 15, these things I have spoken to you that my joy, uh-oh, did you hear that? Now, this is Jesus speaking. That my joy, the joy of Jesus, may be in you and that your joy may be made full. Wow. You can have the joy of Jesus in your life. If you don't believe it, how are you going to receive it? You know what faith is? Faith is believing something is so before it is so in order for God to make it so. If I'm going to have joy, I've got to believe. God said I can have joy, so why not believe it? Amen? And if you don't have joy, quit focused on not having it and get on your knees and say, Jesus, you promised in your word I can have joy. I'm claiming it by faith. And look what and see what God will do for you in a very special way. Wow. It's important for us to let joy be a part of our life. So vitally important to us. The third principle I would say to you is an attitude of gratitude simulates sharing. Sharing. That's what you've been doing as a church. Sharing with others. Sharing in ministry service. Folks, listen. When you're always in the circle that you've drawn and you're in the middle of it, you're going to miss God. Now, you're going to be there sometime, but I'm saying God wants you to be in positions where you've got to trust Him by faith. I never will forget the first time we went overseas. Man, I prayed that whole trip. Amen? I'd never been in a plane flying overseas. I didn't know what Romania was like. But you know what? God blessed. You've got to learn how to trust Him. Learn how to let the Holy Spirit guide and direct you in every situation. Timothy says this way, Instruct those who are rich in this present world to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share. Wow. Are we generous? Are we blessed? Are we wealthy? Oh, my folks. You know one of the most predominant new structure that goes up in Tulsa area? Storage facilities. Amen? Look around Broken Arrow. They're all over Broken Arrow. You go into Tulsa, the same thing. I mean, it's just storage unit after storage unit. you got to pay to store what you can't put in your house. Amen? Why else would you have it? Or be like me, get a storage barn and put it out there. Amen? One of the greatest challenges God ever challenged me with was getting my own household in order when it came to giving away. Giving things. Yeah, we do take good women's clothes that someone would want to wear, things like that. We used to take a whole lot of things and have a, re, have a uh, resale shop, but we found out it cost us more to run it than we got out of it, so we got out of that business. But they have, you know what they did for the ladies? And I went in one day and I thought, oh, 
these women that come and volunteer, you can do all kind of volunteering. These ladies came, and they made a, I think you call it a bow teeth. Huh? Boutique? Bo it's a place where women go in and buy things. Is that right? Boutique? Boutique. Uh, I had never been in one of those things. And um, so I walked in the shelter, and they took me back to the room, and I'm like, oh, wow, this looks like, this is amazing. They said they'd made it look like that, boutique, boutique. And the clothes were hanging by sizes, and they, it was just beautiful. You know what I'm talking about. It was so different than just simply throwing a bunch of hangers on a rack. It was so nice they could go back there and pick things for themselves. How'd they get off on that one? Anyway, um, oh, sharing. You can share. You can do all kinds of things like that. So keep in mind that God has asked you to be that person that can share in life. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, James. This is the day the Lord hath made. What does it say? I'll rejoice and be glad. Oh, I'm supposed to be glad today. How am I going to be glad? I got to go to work. How am I going to be glad? I got six teenagers. You know, I got a family that's got nine kids in my church. Nine kids. And they're so blessed. The Bible says, Blessed is the man that has a quiver full. Best of research I've done in the Old Testament, that's at least five. My wife said, We got a small quiver. And I agreed. And, uh, but I'm saying to you, be a blessing. Let God use you in a powerful and mighty way. It's important in our lives. Share. In a book called, or an article, What Good is a Tree? It was in Reader's Digest. It talked about how did trees survive in the jungles, the forests, and on and on. And it talked about a substance that trees are able to create, but it causes a moss or a fungus to grow, and it grows on their roots, and it will connect tree to tree. And so that some of the trees that don't get the proper rain, through that fungus, they're able to get the proper watering they need because of this connectedness of the root system. I've never heard of that. But you know what I know in church? When you're connected, if you're here just for worship, folks, you need to get in a calm group. You need to get in a small group. Why? Because you've got to stay connected. If you don't stay connected to each other, there'll be days that you're dry, but guess what? Someone in your small group, they'll be able to minister to you, not just your pastor, not just your leaders, but through that small group, you can be connected because you're sharing. It's an important thing for us. So think about that. Pour your life into others through sharing. Have an attitude of gratitude is an act of faith. What does that mean? You know that faith pleases God? Pleases God. Are you pleasing to the Lord? Do you have this attitude that's in Christ Jesus? Are you a person that's sharing? Are you content? Do people know that Christ is the Lord of your life because of the way they see you in life? It's important, folks, during this time of thanksgiving, I have a message called Thinks Living, and I'd say to you, we have to have things living in our lives. And why is that? Because we serve a God that gives good gifts. We serve a God that redeemed you. We're going to take the Lord's Supper. In no use taking it if you're not redeemed. Amen? Because he says, do this in remembrance of me. Do it in remembrance of what I've done for you. Thank you, Jesus, for becoming flesh, living a perfect life, dying for me, being resurrected so that I could live in the light of who you are. And I praise you, Jesus, for that.
let us give thanks unto the Lord Jesus and all that it means. We closed all of our service at Air Heights in the latter years with a statement of faith. We were ready to exit. I would say, and all God's people said, Jesus is Lord. He's Lord. Will you live in such a way that you will glorify him with an attitude of gratitude? If God needs to speak to your heart, the Holy Spirit will guide you in what this means to you. I don't know why this is the message, you know, he had me share with you. But the Holy Spirit, you know, it's been ministering, Brother Brad. Isn't it interesting, sometimes you go out and somebody is there leaving says, man, the Lord really spoke to you, and they tell you something, and you think, how in the world did they get that out of my message? Well, that's called the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's working. And whatever he's speaking to your heart, don't let Satan rob you. Don't let Satan deceive you. And remember, especially, I've seen it over and over, don't let him deceive you in your mind. Be transformed, church, by renewing your mind that you may prove the good, perfect, and acceptable will of the Lord. You understand that? That's the challenge he gives to us today. Have the attitude of gratitude because we want to give thanks for our redemption. Go and serve him that others might know about Jesus. Be a servant. Have a servant's heart like Jesus. See those that the world doesn't see. Minister to them. My son-in-law, First Baptist Church, Norman, they have a huge ministry there called Ministry Under the Bridge. Every Sunday, they feed the people that they go and pick up under the bridge there in Norman. Many, many people have found unique ways you can minister to people. Pray and ask God to use you. How will you serve? What will He speak to your heart about? Father, I pray today that you'll help each of us realize that we have been saved, redeemed for purpose. That we're not simply a person that's out here wandering in the wilderness, but you've redeemed us. You're bringing us unto the promised land, Lord. And as we're on journey, I pray that you'll empower us with your Holy Spirit. Help us in this season of Thanksgiving to reflect back and remember. Remember, Lord, all the ways that you've touched our lives. I thank you for Brad and Laura and this church. I thank you for the way that you're touching our community. Empower them. Father, we thank you for what core church will be to broken air on the surrounding areas. Bless them mightily. And Lord, we know it will be done through your people. Thank you, Jesus. In the holy and wonderful name of our Lord, we make this our prayer. Amen. Praise God.